So uh, Asian markets trading negative, and that's led by the South Korean markets, which are down over 1.3%. Yes, um, it's a negative start. Um, you know, we're seeing a sell-off across the board. Uh, but I think the, uh, the, the big loser there coming from South Korea, the Kospi is down currently 1.3% um, lower. And, um, you know, there's, there's a number of reasons. And I think, you know, apart from the fact that we've had a market which um, has run really, really hard um, up until this point, um, you know, we've got the central bank um, in uh, South Korea expected to increase interest rates uh, by 25 basis point. And that's where the expectation um, is at on Thursday. So some of those um, economic events that are going to be taking place, I think, um, are impacting um, quite negatively on the start of the week. Um, you know, we've got a number of other, you know, economic uh, events that uh, could potentially uh, move markets this week. We've got the um, on the, uh, the the energy side, the oil price will be affected. We'll be watching quite closely the OPEC meeting, which um, will be. Uh, on the 29th of October, which is uh, on Wednesday, uh, OPEC meetings, they expected, the OPEC members um, expected to announce um, further, you know, production cuts. Uh, we know that they've been embarking on production cuts for the, um, you know, for the duration of 2017. And, of course, um, in the, um, the aim being to support the oil price. And um, so far, hasn't really, really worked. Um, we've got the oil price, which is um, still wavering around uh, $60 um, a barrel. Um, so we will be watching that uh, meeting quite closely to see whether, what impact it will have on the energy price. A um, number of other factors, of course, um, other events um, that are going to be taking place. We've got some uh, PMI numbers uh, coming through from the um, U.K. We've also got the uh, manufacturing PMI numbers that we'll be watching quite closely from the U.S. So those factors will, of course, um, be you know, in moving the markets this week. But, of course, it's a negative start. We're seeing pressure coming through on the Japanese market. We're seeing pressure also coming through there uh, from China. Um, Australia seems to be the only one bugging the trend. Um, mainly you've seen the, some of the resources companies uh, that are up um, in Australia. So uh, one to watch, uh, but certainly a lot that's going to be unfolding this week. And then, Maori, nine years ago, the Federal Reserve took that unprecedented step to stimulate the American economy during the financial crisis. Did they do the right thing? <laughs> I guess with the benefit of hindsight, uh, we now know that um, you know, those measures um, seem to have worked, uh, Sakina, because if you look back um, on the 25th of November 2008, so it's exactly nine years and two days um, up until today. So at that time, we had the U.S. economy, and, and the whole world um, was in trouble. I mean, the uh, U.S. GDP was contracting at the fastest rate um, in more than 15 years. We had the U.S. economy uh, that was losing jobs. It was certainly the economy that was in big, big, big danger. And, and of course, it needed some unprecedented measures to be able to get out of that um, uh, crisis. And what did Ben Menange and the team do? Uh, they embarked on something that had never done. No central bank had ever done that uh, before, which is the quantitative easing measures. We, they, you know, they started with the QE, uh, the first QE program. Um, so basically, the car was stuck, which is the U.S. economy. It was stuck on the side of the road. It needed a fuel. And of course, that QE program was that uh, 
you know, you know, uh, uh, fuel that needed to kickstart the, the car. And, um, you know, they embarked on that first QE program, remember, back in 2008. Um, it didn't quite work, and, and there was a need for a second QE program, um, and, of course, the third QE bro- uh, program. And um, I don't think at that time they, they had any idea of what the results were going to be, but, of course, they continued with the first one, the second one, and the third one. And, I mean, just to give you the pictures of what numbers we're talking about here, is that... Um, Beginning of 2008, when the first QE program was announced, the Fed balance sheet, the value of uh, the Fed balance sheet was sitting around 900 billion um, US dollars. And of course, now, um, nine years later, we're sitting with the US uh, balance sheet, which has ballooned to 4.5 trillion dollars. So all those, um, you know, measures, the printing, the buying of bonds, uh, was necessitated um, at that time to deal with the crisis which was there. Uh, so effectively, the QE program involved the Fed buying all these bonds um, and, of course, um, you know, trying to boost um, the, the U.S. economy, injecting some liquidity into the system to try and boost um, the economy. Remember, normally what the central bank will do in a, you know, t- in a period of that crisis, they would cut interest rates. The problem is with the Fed, in 2008, the interest rates were already, um, you know, hovering around zero. Um, so they couldn't really cut, and this QE program, or this bond purchase program, was the only option that they had to try and, um, you know, steer the U.S. economy in the right direction. So when we look fast forward nine years later, we're looking at the U.S. economy, which is certainly performing very, very well. The unemployment rate is at an all-time low. The GDP growth is growing. The U.S. economy is generating uh, jobs on a, on a monthly basis. So the question is, um, you know, has, have they done the right thing? There are many others who are criticizing the Fed and saying the QE program, whom uh, the, the, the people that really benefited were just the, uh, the few people that are invested that, that have invested in stocks because we've seen um, over the same period the stock market, you know, quadrupled in value. The, some of these share prices have gone up by more than 200%. And um, when you look at who is a beneficiary of the stock market, it's just 1% uh, of the population that has invested in the stock market. Those are the people that are benefiting. But to a larger degree, the other majority, who are the people that have invested, the savers, the people that are saving, they are not earning any interest because of this QE program. So there has been many that are criticizing the Fed and saying, look, um, this uh, QE programs, all it benefited were just a few that have invested in the stock market and the larger population did not benefit. But I think uh, to the, the, the answer really might depend, um, I think, on how the unwinding of this balance sheet, which is what the Fed is currently doing, will impact on the global economy. I think if it does not have a negative impact, uh, then certainly we could and then argue that uh, the QE program was successful. But I think it's still early to tell. Maudi, perhaps tomorrow we can touch on Bitcoin. Uh, Wandi Lemtana says the price of Bitcoin has soared to an all-time high of $9,500, less than 24 hours after reaching 9000 for the first time. So maybe we can touch on that tomorrow.